welcome back to the How To Eat Alone podcast with me, Julia Georgialis. I'm a baker and I write about food. This podcast discusses issues surrounding loneliness, solitude and solo dining. In it, I talk to different people about various aspects of being and eating alone or doing something by yourself. Every episode comes with a recipe based on a meal that we've discussed during the show and each of these recipes are designed to be cooked and eaten by one person and one person only because most recipes are written for two or more people which is a bit annoying if you're cooking by yourself. The idea is that you can cook along whilst you listen to this podcast if you are eating alone. Think of this podcast as your dining buddy. Since I've run the How to Eat Alone project, I've found that there are groups of food that keep cropping up that I call the solo cook's friends. I've mentioned these many, many times before in maybe every episode, so sorry that I keep banging on about them, but they're really important for us solo chefs. This group, the solo cook's friends, primarily are a gang of carbohydrates. So it's sandwiches, it's rice dishes, it's pancakes, it's noodle dishes, it's pasta dishes. These foods are cheap. You can find them in every supermarket, every corner shop. They're easy and quick to cook. They give us a lot of energy. And from an emotional perspective, ultimately, they're sugars. So they make us feel good. But there is another single person's pal that I haven't really spoken about yet on this podcast It's featured recently in a couple of blog posts that I've written on the How To Eat Alone Substack page, but I haven't really discussed it in the podcast, and that is the egg. Now, it's a big statement, but I would say that eggs have kept me alive over the last few years of cooking for myself. I think I may eat an egg every other day, and there's just so many ways to cook them. Eggs can be breakfast, eggs can be lunch, eggs can be dinner. They're very versatile. They are a complete protein and they contain all of the amino acids that your body needs. So they're really, really good for you. And I've been wanting to talk about eggs on the podcast for a really long time. And I finally managed to reach out to someone who I thought would be perfect to discuss them with. Bettina Macalintal is a food writer born in the Philippines, raised in Philadelphia and based in New York. And in her own words, she is also an eggfluencer. She runs the food Instagram account, Crispy Egg 420, which features a lot of lip-smackingly delicious-looking dishes that she has cooked and photographed in a really beautiful and simple way. Many of the dishes that she posts feature the king of the egg, the crispy egg. Crispy eggs are a sunny-side-up fried egg cooked on a really high heat so that the edges of the white form a kind of papery, crispy edge. And they're a staple in Southeast Asian cooking. Just how this podcast started during the pandemic, Bettina also started cooking every day during COVID, immortalising her meals via Instagram. And although she's not cooking for herself because she does also cook for her partner, I find her dishes have been really inspiring For me, I think their format and the way she cooks and the way she uses ingredients translates really well to if you're cooking alone. I recently heard her on one of my favourite podcasts, Lekka, speaking about how an egg is an easy thing to rely on. And I 
just had to reach out to her and ask her if she wanted to spend 20 minutes chatting about eggs with me. And to my delight, she said yes. Thank you so much for being on, on my podcast. It's lovely to talk to you. Probably a great place to start would be to tell me about who you are and, and what you do. Yeah, totally. So I'm Bettina McIntyre. I'm a food writer. I currently work at Eater, uh, but before that, I worked at Bon Appetit and I worked at Munchies. So I've sort of jumped around food media a little bit. I'm really interested in all the ways that we like interact and relate to food. So I am really interested in restaurant trends, but also online food trends and how social media is changing food. I'm also very interested in cooking and what you know what the home cooking space looks like and how cookbooks are changing. So I'm just very interested in food and always and I just sort of gravitate to whatever I'm interested in at the moment um, I also just cook a lot personally yeah I can see that from your your socials it's almost every day right that you're cooking and putting stuff out yeah basically it's most meals yeah yeah <laughs> I mean we all take photos of our meals it's just it's kind of the way we eat right it's part it's part of the way we eat yeah totally I mean I, I didn't used to take pictures of my food but I found it actually quite nice to start with that practice it feel like much more of a sort of exciting process for me that I'm actually sort of documenting everything I'm doing and I like being able to look at it again for inspiration I think I also never used to until the pandemic and because I was cooking more for myself I was also taking photos of my food more and I think it kind of it does change the experience and I mean the reason I asked you on my podcast is because like I said earlier I've been wanting to talk about eggs for ages (laughs) because eggs to me are like such a I always describe them as a single person's friend but they're kind of everyone's friend you don't have to be (laughs) a single cook to be cooking with eggs but You've kind of become synonymous, I suppose, with yeah, eggs. An, an egg fluencer, if you will. <laughs> well, I guess you are the egg fluencer. Your handle on Insta is crispy egg 420 can we talk about crispy eggs why crispy egg so i mean i think it was very much in the throes of the early pandemic and so i was seeing all these people making these cooking accounts and i felt very inspired to do the same and i was just like what am i cooking a lot of it's hard to brand yourself as something new and so i was like okay it's like whatever i eat a lot of and it just happened to be i thought of crispy eggs because i feel like that is sort of my go-to egg preparation and at the start of the pandemic i was making them all the time so it felt like okay this is like a brand i can stick to it turns out i'm doing all this cooking so I want to immortalize it in some way but I do think the crispy egg is like my go-to you know sometimes like scrambled eggs sort of give me the ick if you will poached eggs are a little fussy but I feel like a sunny side up egg is the one that I'm always like okay this is always good I also feel like a crispy egg is sort of like one of those like if you know you know things it's the way I grew up eating eggs because in a lot of sort of southeast asian cuisines for example it's always a crispy egg it's not just like a sort of silky sunny side up egg for some people it's kind of unfamiliar but for but I also feels like if you like a crispy egg I'm like okay you're like my people right like you understand (laughs) the vibe (laughs) the British a British fried egg is very different from a Southeast Asian fried egg takes more attention on the plate whereas like a silky sunny setup it's a little quieter it's more of a side right you eat it with something else whereas the crispy egg I think it's like it offers so much like variation in it that you're like okay this can stand alone the crispy egg is the way (laughs) why do you think we do put eggs on everything why why do we put an egg on it what do I mean when I say putting an egg on it So I was today years old when I learned that the term egging someone on actually comes from the phrase putting an egg on it, which means to urge someone to do something usually foolish or a bit silly. And I honestly had no idea that to egg someone on came from a longer phrase. The only thing that I associate with putting an egg on it is that adding an egg 
is the only possible way to make a dish more delicious than it already is. This is why I got so into them in the pandemic, which is the purely sort of practical and functional argument is that they're cheap. You know, I, this has changed, but like they're pretty affordable, especially if you're thinking about protein sources that don't require a lot of effort. You can just cook an egg and it, it feels like that's enough. So I think it's the fact that they're like nutritionally rich, they're functional, you can buy like a dozen and it lasts you a while. So I think that's like the basic argument. But at the same time, I also think there's a very psychological element to it, right? Where eggs are very sort of conceptually satisfying because essentially in every preparation except for maybe scrambled the egg is it has these two parts it has the white and the yolk and there's always this way that you, you reveal the yolk in some way the sunny side up egg for example it asks you to be involved with it you're gonna pop it you're gonna put your toast in it something like that so i think that feels really satisfying for people and you know and i think that's just also they provide like a great visual you know there's so many prints of eggs and spoon rests shaped like sunny side up eggs so i think that is very inherently satisfying so I was looking into the symbolism of an egg and why humans are so drawn to them and to the way that they look. So eggs have always been really important to most cultures and societies. We've eaten them since the beginning of our existence. They were particularly important when we were hunter-gatherers because if a hunt wasn't successful, we could always rely on eggs as being a fallback source of protein. So eggs represent life in more ways than one. Obviously, a lot of different animals come from an egg cell, but they also kept us alive by eating them. And so I was looking into the kind of imagery and symbolism of eggs. The egg itself is this oval that was also seen as something that contained life, so it represented the earth and it was also representative of the universe but i think also especially on social media i've noticed right from being an instagram person that there are certain foods that do better than other foods in terms right. of like likes and what draws people and i think eggs are just one of those things where i know that if i post one it will do well most people recognize what it is it looks satisfying you can mess up an egg most of the time they do look really nice and they add this like pop of color even if it's just on a bowl of rice you know i think especially with we're moving towards this landscape that's obsessed with reels and TikToks and short form video, I think the egg offers a lot of appeal in that regard because it's immediately eye catching. You know what it is. You don't need it to be explained to you, but it always does offer this kind of tension to it because you, you know, you see an egg in a video and you know that that yolk is going to pop or you know that the egg is going to sizzle in the pan into a cooked egg. So I think it guarantees this visual payoff, which I think is why they do so well on social media. It's like uh, the theatre, like egg is a, is a theatre. You know, I find that by comparison, the foods that don't do well are foods that are not immediately recognisable. Like if you need to explain things to people, there's a lot yeah. more barriers to sort of them wanting to like <laughs> like it or watch the video. But like an egg is one of those things, basically every culture is familiar with it. Yeah. Just even just watching things, I'm, I want to watch an egg. Yeah, I could watch eggs all day. <laughs> Hindu culture or Jain culture, they don't eat eggs, but probably every other culture has eggs. <laughs> Everybody eats an egg. There really are only a handful of cultures that I can think of that don't eat eggs. So Hindus, Jains and some Orthodox Sikhs don't eat eggs because they practice veganism. Obviously, vegans don't eat eggs and Jews don't eat eggs with blood spots in them. I found a really fun fact that the Japanese eat the most eggs. So the average Japanese person eats 320 eggs per year. Yeah, and it's just like one of those things where even if you don't eat it, you like know what it is. 
an egg is the only thing that looks like an egg. Yeah, and I think also eggs offer this interesting thing where there is still variation in them, right? I feel like there are these eggs, you know, you see the eggs with the really hyper orange yolk. Yeah, the golden yolk. Like, so there is still this potential for an egg to sort of subvert your expectations, where I've never seen an egg that looks like that before. And so I think it can still feel exciting, um, even though it's something that's so basic. Eggs are exciting. Exciting. Do you get it? Do you think that social media is kind of responsible for the rise of the egg? I mean, I think it's not a chicken and an egg situation, but like... (laughs) (laughs) I mean, um, it is! (laughs) But I don't think that it's responsible for it, but I do think the popularity of eggs on social media makes sense. I think they are natural fits for each other. And what about the kind of future of the egg? Eggs are expensive now. All protein is expensive now. And also we have this looming climate catastrophe, or I guess we're in the climate catastrophe right now. What will happen to eggs? In the early pandemic, they felt like the really obvious thing. And I was making maybe like a disconcerting number of eggs per (laughs) week, right? Like I was going through a lot. But I've found myself sort of naturally eating fewer eggs, like partially because of the price, but also because like I over-egged myself. Um, And I feel like at least for me, I feel like it's been a good reminder that over-reliance on any one ingredient isn't an ideal situation. You know, I think eggs are good and it's good to have them as a protein source. But at the same time, for me, it's been really useful to be like, okay, like sometimes I won't eat an egg. I'll make a tofu scramble, which I actually like more than scrambled eggs. Or, you know, instead of using them as sort of my like easy shortcut for a meal, maybe I'll play with beans this time even if it takes a little more effort or I have to think about it a little more I think the future of the egg is that I'm trying to personally eat less of them just so for me I think it's kind of boring to just eat eggs all the time they are delicious you want to switch up yeah Yeah, I do like leaning on an egg on rice but if you eat that for like seven days it gets a little tired I also think that like for me it's been interesting I've realized that I don't want to waste my egg in the sense that I'm trying to think about what is the usage that's going to let the egg shine right and like most of the time that's like I want the nice poached egg on the salad I don't necessarily want to use four eggs to make cookies it's like taught me to diversify particularly with baking diversify what I'm doing and maybe lean on applesauce or flax seeds in certain preparations where it's like oh yeah I don't actually need the egg there and I feel like that's probably something that more people would benefit from because there are all these applications where we probably don't need to use all these eggs to make this cake when we can find other ways to bind and get that moisture in there I think you're right. It's kind of interesting to hear you talk about the egg. It kind of reminds me of the conversations that we were having around meat a few years ago where people were not necessarily stopping eating meat entirely, but they were just eating less. And it's kind of like the egg is there. So according to The Guardian and the BBC in 2021, it was found that the average Brit has cut their meat intake in the last decade by a whopping 17%. And that's mainly to do with concern for the climate because Farming and eating meat has an enormous carbon footprint. In recent years, the cost of living crisis has also contributed to Brits eating less meat. And this has extended to dairy. In 2019, a study was released that found that dairy intake had also decreased in the UK. In another more recent study, it was found that a third of all Brits use plant milk in their tea and coffee. And I suppose eggs will be the next animal product to follow this trajectory. But I couldn't actually find any data about whether egg consumption has dropped. And I guess this is because the egg shortage, because of avian flu, and the rising cost of the egg because of inflation has only really occurred in the last year. So I don't think there's any real reliable evidence to back this up. But it does make sense that with the climate crisis and the cost of living, that it might be the next animal product to be treated with more caution by the consumer. 
I, I don't know what it's like in, in the States, but here there are egg shortages. We, we don't have enough eggs because of avian flu. We've definitely had those as well. I think it's kind of gotten a little bit better, at least in terms of like my grocery stores, I can find them more. One thing I also really noticed with that was like some of the, the really cheap eggs I've been buying. That's where I saw the big price jumps. But some of the more expensive eggs that were always more expensive, those kind of stayed the same price wise. I, I was buying those slightly more expensive eggs, you know, from like the small farmer because suddenly they were very close in price to what had initially been the cheap egg. And so I think that just did make me realize like, oh yeah, I can be more intentional about sort of how I'm sourcing my eggs and where I'm sourcing them. And all of that is not going to be perfect, but I've realized that, you know, and this is what I do with meat and it's what I do with cheese, trying to buy better when I can and just use less of those things or more conscious about how I'm eating them. So now I will try to buy the more expensive, more locally sourced eggs and eat them less frequently than if I were just ready to eat a whole dozen of cheap eggs per week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's that's something that is, I guess, what we should all be doing is buy the best you can afford and treat them as special, I suppose. Which maybe people take eggs for granted a little bit because they typically have always been cheap. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like this moment has made a lot of people rethink their relationship to things that we saw as staples. Absolutely. And I think eggs are one of them. And I, and I think the kind of egg shortage caught everyone by surprise a little bit. I think everyone was expecting it to be meat or something a little bit more exotic, but the egg, it was a bit of a surprise, I think. I think that's really been the challenging thing because it's been so many staples, at least here, it's been eggs and it's been butter that have really had these like huge price increases. You know, those are still lasting, especially with butter. Yeah, it just makes me feel like, oh yeah, these basic things that we use, maybe they were too underpriced in the first yeah. place. Definitely, I think, been very sobering to realize that. Sobering is the word. When you're cooking, you're cooking for yourself and someone else, right? You're, you're not necessarily cooking for just you. Yeah, so I would say like most lunches and dinners, I'm cooking for myself and my partner. But breakfast is definitely one of those meals that I'm generally just doing for myself. And I definitely appreciate, you know, we like, you know, there are nights we do our own thing. And it's nice to take care of my own dinner. And just I like, you know, I like cooking for other people. But I think there is something really nice about just cooking a meal that's just for yourself. And also, I really like eating a meal alone as someone who is often cooking in a way that feels more shared. This is for me. This is my little moment to like make this meal. Do you cook differently for yourself? Will you cook yourself different things? I think so. I mean, I think the big one is I know what my partner doesn't like. For example, he like, doesn't like zucchini. The one oh, vegetable love. he doesn't really like. But I, I really like zucchini. So this will be like my opportunities where I'll make the zucchini pasta. Or I think it's just sometimes, you know, I like doing something that feels extra just for myself, you know. I don't always want to bread like a chicken cutlet because that is kind of intensive, <laughs> yeah. like laborious, lots of dishes. But I do feel like I like the act of eating a chicken cutlet by myself. I like the feeling of having put all this work into it. So I think sometimes I do gravitate towards more fussy things when it's just for me. I like the process. I'm definitely a person who likes cooking that is involved. And so I like being able to do that. And it's just for me. I can take my time with it or I can listen to my podcast. It becomes a whole experience for me to do. A, it's a lovely process I think I think a lot of people who are cooking for themselves most of the time may lose that process a little I really like making a, a like kind of fussy breakfast I do sort of intentionally get up early so that I can make potatoes and eggs and some other thing if I want and like sit and eat it and take pictures of it um so I definitely think that I, I block out time in my life to have involved solo meals Oh, that's wonderful. I, I hope more people can do stuff like that for themselves. I think it's a, a nice attitude to have about cooking for yourself. Do you have a kind of go-to dish that you, that you cook for yourself? I guess I will say I'm also a person who doesn't have a go-to necessarily, but I think like my favorite format of breakfast in particular is I love to do a crispy egg 
with some nice steamed or sauteed kale. And then ideally, if I have them, some seared mushrooms or tomatoes, and then really nice toast with lots of butter on it. I think that's my good formula for breakfast. Yeah, that sounds delicious. That will keep you going until <laughs> until lunch. <laughs> yeah, and it's like one of those things that I, I can do it all in one pan. The system is down. I can vary the ingredients depending what I have. It's pretty easy to execute. So I think that's something I like. Yeah, yeah. I think ease is, is the key kind of when, when you're on your own, right? Or just like having the process really streamlined. Thank you to Bettina for such an enlightening chat about something that I eat almost every day. I really enjoyed listening to what she had to say about the eggs place in society. And I know I've kind of touched upon why eggs are important to us, but it's also really important to come back to the present and look at what food means to us now and what the future of a particular food product might be. I've posted some egg-related articles that Bettina has written on this episode's Substack page. And I will also be posting a recipe for a very extra chicken cutlet for one, served with an egg on it, obviously. Because I am also a fan of being extra on your own. Bettina is an advocate for this. Obviously, chickens lay eggs. And there's a few dishes across the world that kind of play on combining chicken meat with eggs. So that's kind of what I've based this dish on. There's the Holstein schnitzel, which is a paprika breaded cutlet topped with a fried egg. And actually quite a common dish in Portugal where I used to live is a chicken breast roasted so that the chicken skin is crispy with a fried egg on top of it. And I'll also post a guide to the crispy egg. So look out for that on the Substack blog. So the recipe, the blog post and the episode, plus all of the other recipes and all of the other blog posts and all of the other podcast episodes are on howtoeatalone.substack.com. If you like, you can subscribe to the How To Eat Alone Substack page. It's free for now. And you can follow the podcast on Instagram. The handle is at howtoeatalonepodcast. If you like the How To Eat Alone podcast, please consider giving it a five-star rating wherever you get your podcast from, or you can share it with someone who you think might like it too. I hope you've enjoyed being alone with me, and I'll see you next time for the next episode of How To Eat Alone.